Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Upon Further Review. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Woo! Woo! All right. <laughs> Let's go around and say who we have on the panel today. Renee Michelle Aranda. Hi, I'm Craig Cunningham. It's great to be back. Yay. Great to have you back, Craig. And I am Amy Cordova. And I am the moderator, Noah Kinsey. All right. So, first things first, have we seen any new or any movies lately? New or old, I guess I should say. You know what I watched last night when I had to turn off the movie that we're going to be talking about later for a while? <laughs> um, I, uh, I turned on uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and that's a damn good movie. Oh, it's yeah, amazing. It I did not know. I was mm. not aware that that was going to be so freaking good. I could not turn it off. Yeah, it's so good. It was really, Very really good. Is that the one with Franco? No, that's the next one. Okay. Yeah, so I was I was blown away. That's the one with uh, what's the with Commissioner Gordon, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman. Gotcha. So good, both of them. I mean, they're way better than they had any right to be based on source material. Yeah, so good. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. they're really well constructed movies. Yeah, and like I was I was trying to I was thinking to myself like, what if there were actors like would I've been as involved with them? I'm like, probably not. I'm like, I really like these monkeys. I think it's because they're monkeys. Mm-hmm. It gives them, there's just a, there's something better about it. Way to go, monkeys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good job, monkeys. They're, who knew you could train them to be that good of actors? Yeah. And speak. It's amazing. That's a feat. Some with accents. Yeah. No? Yeah. yeah. Eat your heart out, Davy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else see anything? I did. What did you see? I watched the documentary, A Montage of Heck, the Kurt Cobain Oh, yeah. Story. How was that? Have you guys seen it? It's really well done. Very well done. It was um, written and directed by Brett Morgan, who did, um, what's it, Crossfire Hurricane, the Rolling Stones documentary, which I also found really, really fascinating. Get to see Mick Jagger snorting cork off of the long dagger. Snorting it's cork? Great. Man, those... Coke. Coke. <laughs> Those rock and roll stars. They'll snort anything. They're ahead of the time with drugs. Frickin' cork. <laughs> Give me the cork, man. Oh. But I really liked it. Yeah, I want to see that. I've heard really good things yeah. about it. And one of the producers is his daughter. Mm-hmm. So they got yeah. a lot of, I haven't seen it yet, but I guess they got a lot of personal footage and a lot of it's stuff. It's really sad. There's some, yeah. really, there's some really sad yeah. moments. It, you know what? Well, I mean, um, it kind of has to be when the guy is on top of the world in his career and then he still yeah. takes his own life. But I think it kind of also is that it's he was never on top of the world right. to himself. Right. And There's this really sad moment. I'm not ruining anything yeah. for anybody because I'm, you know, and we all know how that story ends. But there's this moment where you know, In Utero had just come out, and you know, it's like the number one selling album. And Francis Bean is a tiny little infant, and it's the middle of the day. I think mm-hmm. they, I'm assuming they're in Seattle because it's like mm-hmm. gray and whatever, and they're at the apartment or house or whatever. And he has his daughter on his lap, and he just keeps nodding out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's just like. Oh. He was so high, though. And he's yeah. like, I'm not high. I'm tired. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's not. He weighed like <laughs> 90 pounds. His wow. mom's trying to give the baby, the, Courtney loves trying to give the baby a haircut. And he's holding the baby and he's like nodding off. And it's like, oh, the scissors, neither one of you should oh be cutting God. a baby's hair. Oh my God. But um, I thought it was fascinating. I wrote down that I thought it was an honest, unapologetic insight into his life, his family, his loves. And yeah, it really kicked my ass. It really did. Mm. It was very, very, I don't know, it was very honest. 
Yeah, it's it, just it, so tragic. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, though, because like I was I'm of that. Like mm-hmm. I was a teenager yeah. when all that yeah. stuff came out, and so it's it's I'm interested to hear like what people that didn't grow up with that music, yeah, kind of like mm-hmm. what their take on it is. Like people yeah. younger, like a twenty. Well, I imagine for us, it's it's like with Jimi Hendrix, yeah, you know, with our generation, it was that's you know a decade or so removed from when that happened. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of maybe similar to how younger people view it versus yeah. ones who kind of grew up with it. Like with me, you know. When Sublime was huge, I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. God, these guys are amazing. I can't wait to, oh, that dude's dead? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they made it big after he died. Yeah, yeah. he did. Like, that's just... Won it, all it the awards crazy. and everything, mm-hmm. like six months after he yeah. had died. Yeah. yeah. And he had a couple, they had a couple albums before mm-hmm. that that oh, just yeah. didn't Mm-mm. do that great until what it got yeah. came out. And that, that's an amazing album, too. And just to thank all these guys. Yeah. And Gin Blossoms. I love Gin Blossoms. That dude... Is no longer of this earth. The guitarist. The lead singer, right? I thought the lead singer is the one that Mm-mm. killed him. I think it's the guitarist. Was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Basically, every 90s band, one member is dead from it. Mm-hmm. Each band. Except for Alice yeah. in Chains. Because they're like all. All of them are dead. All of them but one dude. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. Gary Cantrell is yeah. hanging on by... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, don't do heroin. Yeah. I, I think that's probably that, not. Story, yeah. yeah. Really? <laughs> When we get, I think that's the thesis, the thesis of the show. show yeah. Just don't, <laughs> yeah. kids, don't do heroin. Nah, I mean, I mean drugs are bad. Yeah, just drugs or hugs, not drugs. I almost said there drugs. There you go. Drugs <laughs> and hugs. Drugs and hugs. or both. Yeah. Drugs then hugs. <laughs> just don't have scissors. No, your next to your <laughs> next to your little baby. Mm-hmm. Renee, have you seen anything or any? I no? didn't know. I I got a new job this week and I have had zero downtime. Uh, that's fine. That's <laughs> of all the reasons very understandable. Um, Congratulations! I, on yeah, your that's new awesome. Job. Very cool. I watched um, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Oh yeah, because my love for Chris Pine totally outweighed my opposite for Kevin Costner. Hmm. So I watched it, and oh. oh my gosh, it's so boring. It's I just know. so. Slow, and I read an article recently where Chris Pine was really sad about that film because it's like I really feel like we blew it. He was excited to reprise that character and be the next Jack Ryan. He's like, I really feel we blew it because we should have, you know, told it wasn't on him obviously because he didn't write it. But he's like, it should have been way more exciting. We should have started with a bang. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like I don't, and it's the same thing with the other um, Jack Ryan feature that Ben Affleck did, where I just. I don't understand why after the Harrison Ford ones, all of a sudden they're like, no, let's do more Cold War type stuff where nothing really happens. Mm. There's implied tension, but we, mm-hmm. let's not really show it. Yeah. It's like it doesn't really mm-hmm. do doesn't well. doesn't work in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just surprised. That- I thought Chris Pine did a really good job for his part. Yeah. He's great in everything. But, I mean, I really yeah. like that dude. No, I really he, do. He is good in everything. But. I think there was too much Kevin Costner and talking, and I always, I just didn't trust his character because no, he doesn't you never knew. speak with emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, you never know where he stood on anything no, one way never, or the yeah. other, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and watching it, it was kind of like, because he doesn't, which is just general his thing, doesn't really speak with emotion. I couldn't tell if it was like, I don't know if you've seen The Recruit. With Colin Farrell and Al Pacino. Oh yeah. Um, yeah well, I didn't, ago. I didn't yeah. know if it was going to be like a turn, like with Al Pacino, where oh, it's just like death. very, yeah, very, yeah. It's just, but then I'm like, nope, that's just Costner being Costner. Yeah. So, but yeah, Costner. that was 
That was disappointing, but I did. I'm a, I'm a season behind, but I did start Justified season five, and Ooh. I just love that show so much. It's gorgeous. I mean, we've talked about cinematography mm-hmm. and DPs on the show, and that show I feel just has the best DPs because it always looks beautiful. It adds mm-hmm. a layer, and it's just awesome. I, I I just love that show, and it's so underappreciated because the ratings have never been that great, even though it's won some Emmys, mm-hmm. um, especially for season two, but it's Oh, it's so good. Everybody out there, go watch yeah. it. Watch it. It's so good. I like Timothy Oldy fans. Yes. <laughs> He's a good dude. Yes, I love yeah. that dude. He's tall and handsome. Um, I'm trying to think of the movie he did where it takes place in Hawaii. Um, uh, Perfect Getaway. Has anyone seen this movie? No. Is that a horror film? Sort of. It's super suspenseful. It hey. has um, has Mila Jovovich. And um, I think oh, I did. Where they Steve Zahn, a couple that were mm-hmm. not really mm-hmm. the what they yeah. Said. Okay, it's I so that. Yeah. good. I He's a nice, that. so awesome. So that's also a good one. But that's just an oldie but a goodie. All right. So uh, let's this week in movie news and updates hasn't exactly been the most exciting, mm-hmm. really, because I was kind of looking for the show to you know what we could talk about. And but a couple things um, that came up that follow a, a similar theme is Tron Three has been postponed indefinitely from being filmed, as well as the It remake. Ooh! Um, but that one's not postponed indefinitely. That just has a setback because the director backed out. Um, so with both of those, with Tron Three, the reason Disney gave was. With both Lucasfilms and Marvel being acquired, they just don't. They they looked at their schedule until like 2019, and there's just no room for a Tron three to come out. So that's why they they say they postponed it. And as when it came to the It remake, um, the director wanted to to make it a two movie, or like draw it out and over oh, okay. two movies. And the studio recently this week wanted to turn it into one, and the director didn't really like that. So, um, so he's gone and they'll still probably move forward with that eventually. But who was the director? Oh, I don't know. I didn't recognize his name. (laughs) Do you know what studio puts him out? Uh, I, I I could look. It's it's not Disney, is it? For, wait, for it? For Tron. For Tron's Disney. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there were going to be three. So okay, so which which leads me into the topic that go. I that I feel like this falls under. <laughs> okay. Um is the ripple effect caused by the box office. Uh-huh. So with both of these, you can kind of see how the the production and studio changes happen based on like for example, Tomorrowland. I was very surprised that this was the first box office bomb of the season. Yeah. I thought for sure it was, wasn't was going to be until Terminator Genesis, that a film underperformed what was expected. But Tomorrowland, $180 million feature, yeah. maybe $60, 70000000 million at this point. They're Ooh, expecting that's it. That's being generous. Yeah, and that's know. being super yeah. generous. I mean, it's Brad Bird. You know, honestly, yeah. that movie, I saw the trailer and everyone was excited and all that stuff, but I... I just it reminded me of when they tried to make a haunted house movie after mm. Pirates of the Caribbean did yeah. so well, oh, and it's yeah. like them trying yeah. to make all these movies yep. now off of the yeah. rides. Yep. And the trailer looked it was unique for sure. It was something a little it it, it kind of went a couple different directions. But I thought this might be a little too much to throw at someone. Mm-hmm. 
uh, especially, I don't know. So I, I'm actually really not surprised that it didn't do well. Yeah, hmm. and um, you talking about Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion? Yeah. <laughs> that movie's excellent, and I will stand by that film. That's a great Eddie Murphy I mean, joint. It, it's no Norbit, but... Wow. <laughs> um, well, no, nothing is. No, exactly. Uh, so... When listening to NPR had um, commentary about it where they said like on paper it seemed like a great idea but in execution it didn't really follow through and the themes were kind of shoved down your throat yeah. and also just even with the marketing it was so vague where where it's supposed to pique people's interest it maybe was too it's vague confusing. where nobody exactly. knew it was a little I didn't know what exactly was happening and I know most trailers are like that but there wasn't enough like oh I really mm-hmm. I have to see this there wasn't enough yeah. anticipation and to be honest the, I mean it came out with a B cinema score anyway so mm-hmm. I mean, that's not good word of mouth moving forward anyway. So it's just kind of not going to have the the greatest road moving ahead. They're going to hopefully home video is where they're going to make their money back is what they're hoping. I think Pirates did so well because the characters, even Mm -hmm. in the trailer, you see that each character, you know, Orlando Bloom, Keira Knightley Mm -hmm. and, and Johnny Depp, there, there was so like trademark. This is so unique. Yeah. Yeah. The moral of that success wasn't so much of oh, it was a hit because it's a Disney World ride. It's, exactly. it's a hit yeah. because yeah. of the characters. These, yeah, it awesome. just it struck fun. a chord. Yeah. Um. So, so when it c- comes to Tron Three with the whole ripple effect of this, I, I, I do believe you know Disney has had to reevaluate since a lot of really costly mistakes like John Carter being the oh, yeah. worst write-off in the history of films until Lone Ranger came out, which then that was the largest tax or, you know, write-off because of bombing. So I feel with Trons, the reception has been so lukewarm. And sure, there's a bunch of people who love it, but we're talking in the hundreds, not the thousands. Yeah. So that doesn't exactly... The the second film really didn't do that great over here at all. Yeah. So, right. That's yeah. pretty much the consensus. Yeah, so when it comes to box office numbers, studios still look at that to see, you know, gauge how people are going to re- respond to things. And I mean, I definitely think Tomorrowland's, how it did definitely made Disney reevaluate. I mean, the, the first, or Tron Legacy, I think cost $170 million. So it's really hard back when the old president was signing blank checks, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard to gauge... I mean, what are they going to do? Going to scale it way back and the, the special effects are going to look yeah. worse than no, the second no. one just so they can yeah. kind of hmm. do decently at it. And same thing with the the It remake, um, Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It did slightly better than expected the first weekend, but the second weekend dropped off pretty harshly and the reviews and the cinema score were atrocious. So I feel that the ripple effect with that is... You know, the studio saying, well, why would we split this up into two movies? If they hate the first part, they're not going to see the second part. So I definitely see kind of the cause and effect. I mean, looking back or kind of thinking about that, what, how do we feel? Are we kind of in agreement with the ripple effect that box office has? Are there other things that we've witnessed towards that because it is i mean it's a it's a very big issue I mean, of for course studios the money matters of course that's what they're going to be worried about and it's kind of given well if they hate the first one why are we going to make another one right um, unless some huge star decides that they want to you know co-produce or something and they want this role and so they're going to fund it and and then maybe that way they can bring an audience in but i mean it's understandable that the money's going to roll it yeah, yeah i mean that's their job mm-hmm. that's their job is to worry about the, the, how many commas a movie makes 
you know. Like, and when you have Lucas Films and uh, Marvel as your yeah. brands, yeah, you're gonna give them for shot at everything because they're, you know, guaranteed money. Yep. With how it's set up, with everything, with the with the marketing, the way they put out all of their uh, user products and you know the stores, everything, everything comes down to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A hard reality, man. <laughs> and the, don't do heroin, kids. Don't do it. Moral of the story: Stay off the bath salts. <laughs> and another topic I wanted to talk about today were was um, how many expanded universes there are going to be when it comes to film properties. So we have the Marvel expanded universe. Uh-huh. We know DC has an expanded universe. But did we also know that Ghostbusters, X-Men, and Transformers all have in development expanded universes where they're going to have spinoffs, prequels, sequels, a lot of this stuff, and they're trying to replicate the Marvel model? I thought you were trying to say that Ghostbusters, Transformers, and the other were all in the same universe in another movie. Um, I was in, like, in, in my bedroom uh, in 1985, they were in the yeah, same universe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> my action figures my action, all existed in the same universe. They did that 15 years ago, guys. So do we know about this? Do we know about Ghostbusters doing the expanded I, universe? I, you know what? I think I heard about the Ghostbusters one. The other ones, I don't really care about how many more Transformers movies. Well, they, they are doing like the, the female Ghostbusters. So that's yeah. the initial one. And so they're they, gonna, now the offshoot's going to be the all-male one where they're trying to get Channing Tatum to star in that because, of course. <sighs> um, okay. As well as Paramount is working. They have a brain trust that they've gotten together to come up with a whole bunch of Transformers expanded universe for that which why i mean honestly when when you look at studios why wouldn't you at least try when you've made that much money now are they going to be successful highly doubt it you know x-men has the apocalypse i think is next Mm -hmm. year and then there's going to be gambit and then there's going to be deadpool Deadpool as well next year yeah i'm looking at my list right here yeah also aside from that the dc Continues with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. comes out in a couple months, though. This is correct, the and they Fox already greenlit is... the sequel. But I still oh. say, let's oh, see, really? let's see how that the first one does. In the I'm movie. really excited about no. the Gambit movie. I love Gambit. Gambit. I do too. Yeah. So do I. But I don't. I don't. But know. it's Channing Tatum. I, I don't. It's see, Channing Tatum. Uh huh. I don't see him as Gambit. Nope. No. That, I think the know, eagle showed us he can't do I other mean, accents. <laughs> God, I can't see him being that smooth. You know, New Orleans. Yeah, they should just like, cast somebody actually from guy. New Orleans, mm-hmm. yeah. honestly, or a British person. <laughs> so this I don't like it. recently cracked.com came out with a very interesting article where it talked about how impossible it is for other studios to replicate the Marvel model um, all the, of the you know expanded universe and kind of mm-hmm. gave some reasons why I'll, I'll put the link in the description for it. it's a very fascinating article but i kind of want to go through it and see what people thought of it um so the f- number there's like five reasons so the first one is we can only watch so many movies <laughs> and that's just financially i mean they did studies and they show the average american watch it goes to the theater four times a year well in okay. 2017 superheroes alone are going to make up eight movies so, I mean, they can't all succeed. No, I mean. Like, that's just, it's very un- unreasonable. Number four is the bigger the universe, the more possible it is to write. Which okay. also 
Also makes I can, sense. I can see yeah, that. It's also yeah. more possible to fuck everything up. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That gives, yeah. That's very true. Well, how are we feeling? I should ask this to kind of open it up to dialogue here is how are we feeling about the DC universe? They've already, they've already said that their whole phase one, they have it down. I mean, are we, are we thinking that starting next year with Batman versus Superman, how are we feeling about this being, do we think they stand a snowball's chance in hell or I just, I am a total nerd for justice league and I grew up on that show and I just have been waiting for so long for a justice league movie that I'm scared that they're going to, you're scared they're going to screw it up because they have the the pressure of the Avengers and how well the Avengers have been doing. But I mean, it's kind of cool that they're piecing it together. I like that, that, that it's just Batman and Superman first and maybe a couple of references and, well, there's going to be more stuff, in but, there. Yeah. It's a mini Justice League movie. They're going to have Cyborg, yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah, Gal Gadot um, and all. I mean, and yeah. I think that's cool, but I like that it's not called the Justice League yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like that they're building it, kind of saying this is how it starts. And uh, I mean, it is the dawn of justice, I guess, is technically sort of Justice League. But I, I'm just uh, I'm scared. I'm <laughs> scared. What are you scared yeah. about? That it's going to suck. <laughs> that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Are, they, are they gonna let that kid from Entourage actually play Aquaman? No, that would be. It's Jason. Oh, it's Jason Momoa. Momoa. <laughs> you know, he was the guy that was uh, Khaleesi's husband in Game of Thrones. Yes, he was awesome in that. And show, in the so. new Conan reboot. Oh yeah, that guy's that guy. He's, he's gonna be Aquaman. He's, he's Aquaman. Gonna, and he looks yeah. really. It's he looked really dark. And yeah, it's they have him really sinister, sinister looking. Yeah. And I really like. That oh, I guy. think he's gonna be in it too. I mean, the trailer looked really cool. I have to admit, I saw mm. the yeah. teaser and I was like, all right. Yeah, okay. exactly. The way they have it cut and put together, I think they did a really good job yeah. so far. I so, I don't know, cross your fingers. Because I would love to have an entourage DC mashup universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what my bedroom wow. looked like. <laughs> <laughs> More Piven, please. More Piven. God. So the number three reason was TV shows make everything confusing as hell. Mm. Which, I mean, I, I think I was thinking about it. So... What I think Marvel did right that I just I, I think unless all of these guys do what Marvel did, I think it's just going to be impossible. And the, just the financial weight of what they're trying to do is just it can't not collapse underneath them. What Marvel did that I thought was really smart was they slowly built everything. Yeah. And their phase one, they didn't even call it phase one until they were announcing phase two, because if one of those movies didn't do well it'd be so easy for them to be like, oh, well, that little thing we put in there was just an Easter egg. We're not mm-hmm. really combining all these films. You know, yeah, they had this smart. deniability mm-hmm. at the start until phase two and just everything has slowly come together. So when I look at how many people are going to be in the Captain America Civil War, it doesn't worry me because all, like if you saw The Last Avengers, you know some of those side characters are just there very little bit just to paint that universe. Right. But they didn't, it wasn't so heavy yeah. You know, I mean, there was already a lot of people that they had to focus on. So with Civil War, I'm not as worried about when I see how many of the DC people are going to be in Batman versus Superman. Because I'm like, I mean, with Avengers, they could just reference those people. Just be like, hey, what's up? As opposed to this, where they're going to have, I mean, if they're in there, it's going to be because they're trying to establish them to be interested to see their own side movies. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of worry how narratively how they're going to be able to introduce those people without making the plot of the just individual movie not feel too bogged down. Um, And also kind of going with with the TV shows for Marvel, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, all the other ones are able to coexist in that world 
in a smart way where we've already established this world. We can just kind of reference it. Now I, I kind of think Marvel really needs to rethink their TV because I don't really think that they've been that successful at the TV aspect of things. But when I think about DC, so this next, this fall season, we have Supergirl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like this is network. We have Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Arrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Gotham, I think that's it. So there's, which Arrow and Flash are in the same universe. Mm -hmm. Legends of Tomorrow is also in that same universe. You have one, then Supergirl has its own universe. Gotham has its own universe. It's like, you you just, you're not going to have those integrated moments. Oh, and then the film's going to have their own universe. So next year, there's going to be four DC universes. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. getting as confusing as the actual comics. Yeah. As far as yeah. like what, how many worlds, Absolutely. I mean, how everything. That's true. And so I mean, that, I think that's inevitable though. Mm-hmm. Like as, as far as you keep creating platform and, you know, different vehicles for different offshoots and, uh, especially now with, you know, Netflix getting involved and having a straight, like a streaming format. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're going to have a, and Daredevil did well. Mm-hmm. Like it did, it, it did it, very it, well. It got, it didn't, that's going to open up a lot more mm-hmm. stuff. I, I I see that because, you know, I, I got to go to a panel and listen to those guys talk, like the showrunner and everything, and they, they really enjoyed their process. Yeah. And they they spoke really highly about how it went down. And mm-hmm. so I I could see a lot more people that are in the business going, well, I want to do that. Yeah. Let's find something that I can work on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people putting it together. So, yeah, I... I, I I, I, for me, it's, it's, that was always the thing about comics growing up is that I didn't know where the hell things started and yeah. where they ended. And we have characters in DC and in Marvel and there's crossover and things like that and Wolverine. And I was like, what the, who is it, how does he show up differently? And now he's, now he's in blue and then he was in, <laughs> and I, it, it was too much for me to process at times. But and I think it's, I don't know if it'll get to that point with this stuff, but it is becoming a little bit more convoluted. Well, even in X-Men, we had two versions of Quicksilver. In the yeah. Avengers, it yeah. was different than the in the yeah. new generation movie, mm-hmm. or next generation. And I thought both actors did a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really liked the... It was the kid that plays Tate, I think, was the one that did Quicksilver in the uh, um, X-Men. X-Men version. Um, so that was yeah. already... Mm-hmm. It was like so close to each other, these movies coming out with two different actors playing that one character, and I didn't know... Mm-hmm. How I felt about it, yeah. yeah, and and even with with DC, one of the big risks I feel they have with having the Flash have his own movie is audiences have already embraced Flash from TV, so it's like the it's going to be really hard when the TV show and the film are coming out simultaneously because it's a different actor for the film. So DC is going to hear that criticism. Oh, this guy's not as good as this one. I mean, you guys saw what happened when Ben Affleck was announced as Batman. Sure. Oh, yeah. That was like cruel. People were not happy about that. Not Mm -hmm. nice about it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was my response. I I, I mean, I understood people's passionate response. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he shouldn't get to be two superheroes. That was my biggest problem. But as far as like the twisting one, yeah. Well, what about Captain America? He was uh, three. Johnny Storm. Or two, yeah. And then Captain America. Mm -hmm. And wasn't he in The Losers too? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. he was. So he's played on the graphic novel, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all all that stuff's incestuous (laughs) anyway. It is. Yeah. So number two is very interesting to me because I think this is a huge issue is not every studio has a Kevin Feige. And I think that is a huge issue because Marvel, 
mm-hmm. the president of Marvel, Kevin Feige, he has been running, and I think impeccably, running quality control on all the properties where he just makes sure the continuity is right, makes sure the core artistic integrity and the background of the character is right. You can play around with the origin or play around with, not origin, but different as- aspects of it. But he makes sure it all falls in line, whereas DC does not have that point person. Um, I think they initially wanted it to be Christopher Nolan, but after the final, you know, Batman movie, and even he helped produce Man of Steel, he pretty much just washed his hands of it. And even with you know, you have Zack Snyder who did Man of Steel, and he's doing the Justice League and all this stuff. He, but when you think about Snyder movies versus Nolan movies, they're like. Yeah. Com- completely opposite tonally you have the earthy nolan and you have Mm -hmm. the flashy snyder it's so weird that those guys are but even even that they're i mean it's they there's no one person at dc that has the quality control that kevin has so it's like that's a man i mean it's it's an important nerd job totally like i don't think and i feel like there's like guys like that have been reading comic books their whole lives that could step in and do that amazingly. Absolutely. Yeah. But they're not going to get that job. Mm-mm. Yeah. But, but you know, it, yeah, I don't know who they, I don't know who you put in there. I don't think that there's a name. Mm-mm. You know, I think you've, I don't know. And just with, with all of those expanded universes, I mean, unless with X-Men, I think best case scenario for them would be if they were able to keep Brian Singer on board yeah, to be the quality control because i mean he's just been the mm-hmm. x-men guy mm-hmm. yeah so he i mean i don't know if he would do that or not because once again expectations get more and more and more as it goes along and there's a reason that nolan and whedon are, have moved on you know because it's very heavy the pressure i mean is at there. a certain point you know all of us we have a job for too long with the same content after a while you just get tired of it mm-hmm. you just want to move on do something fresh and new well, because they have to answer to people, whereas Kevin Feige, I mean, he's he he's the captain of the ship. So I think that's going to be a huge thing. So when we see these expanding universes going through, yeah, we'll we'll see how they do. And the last one is creative conflicts will inevitably bubble over, and I think that's <laughs> very true because Whedon has been very outspoken lately. Now mm-hmm. that he's done about kind of dealing with. You know, having to put this person in versus this person, and he had to have. I don't know if have we all seen Avengers here. Mm-hmm. All right, no, no. no. Amy has not. That's fine. So it's. I loved it. I loved it. But the there's a Thor scene in the. I'm not. I won't spoil anything. Yeah. But when he's in the little in the water. Yeah, I think we whatever. touched on this in another. Yeah, that had Marvel said he had to have that in for you know to to reference ragnarok coming out he had to have the in if if we didn't didn't put that in they weren't going to allow him to keep the farm and dream sequences okay you know so that was because they want the little you know the little to plant the seed for the future movies Mm -hmm. so it it, i mean and it's interesting even with the dc movies i keep going back because there's more on that than like the transformers ghostbusters or x-men those are all in the early stages but even with DC, the way that they've gotten the writers is like with Wonder Woman, they hired four writers to write scripts on this, not together, all separately. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to pick which ones they like or pieces from each one and put it together. So there's been some notable writers who've said, screw you. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do all yeah. this. And then you That'd not be really insulting it. for some writers. Frankenstein, right? my my stuff yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and they're doing that for every single one but with oh wonder gosh. woman there was four that they hired to do that so i definitely wow. think it's 
And once again, it kind of goes back to having that point person. Yeah. You really have to have that point person. Because yeah, I've seen that writing style work, but only on a team where everyone knows we're writing this yeah. together. Yeah. We'll each write our own version of like an episode, say, and then we all come together and say, okay, let's, I love that you wrote this scene this way and then you piece it together that way. But it's definitely a team effort no. and not some overlord yeah. saying, okay, minions, go write me four scripts <laughs> each. And then we may never use any of it or we might use half of it. Yeah. But. Yeah, to not be a part of, as the, the writer saying, I agree, your version works better than mine. Let's work together. I, that sucks. Yeah. yeah, and we already know that Edgar Wright walked away from Ant-Man yeah. um, due to creative conflicts. Um, so time will tell to see mm. the trailer who was right funny, on that. Though. Oh, the trailer looks it? amazing. <laughs> it awesome. looks so good. I can't wait. The, but That last part at the end of the train. Mm-hmm. Funny. And it kind of goes back to who can who plays the studio game and who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like with him, really, he should probably stick with lower budget films where he gets co- complete creative control mm-hmm. because not so much is weighing on that film. Yeah. Whereas, you know... Um, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, who also wrote it. That film is his film, yeah. but it's also a Marvel film. He kind of knew how to balance that. So even though it was his voice, it definitely right. fit the Marvel brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see. I'd, I feel that Transformers' Michael Bay should be the point person because he's made the billions upon billions for Paramount, and he kind of understands yeah. that world. And Or maybe even Hasbro. Have the creative person behind hasbro be have that be the point person and with dc i don't know who it would be because even if you look at dc the comics they don't have that figurehead that main guy it's always a revolving door of executives so i don't even know who it would be you know there might be a warner brothers person but that doesn't guarantee that they're gonna worry about the integrity of dc yeah i don't know i mean you could reach out to somebody like alan moore who's a genius mm. who has tons of comic experience, but I don't, who knows if he wants to do that. And there's currently, there's a really great writer for the Batman series. I cannot think of his name, but um, really great. He's uh, critically, every time he writes something for Batman, everyone just thinks he's speaks Batman basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a great person. But once again, does, how much does he know about the other Justice League characters or other things? I'd love to see that on a resume. Yeah. Though. Like, uh, I speak, speak Batman. Batman. in Batman. I speak Batman. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be that. I am the knight. I speak Batman. All right. So any other, any other thoughts? Like I said, I'll put the description. Um, so, or put the, put the link in the description, but it's definitely has any, does anyone read cracked ever? Do we? I, yeah. I've yeah. stumbled across it. Oh, it's so it's great. Yeah. It's so great. When I was growing up, it was the magazine that I liked better than Mad Magazine, but it was basically the same thing. It Looking was, back. No, it's very much the same it's thing. It's pretty much the yeah. same thing. Um, but now it's it's so into, it's like if the Daily Show had a discovery channel when it comes to the articles because it's so intelligent. You know, some of the, you learn so much reading. It's totally changed. I don't even know mm. when that change happened, but it's some of the smartest stuff, sometimes even yeah. scary, like the health food stuff they post oh. about how all natural orange juice has been in a vat for a year, mm-hmm. basically, before it even gets to your home. That's Gross. yeah, awesome. So, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to our movie while we're all here. Mm-hmm. So, um, as a reminder, this special this episode is a special episode because it's the counterpoint episode where the thesis of our show is we watch the greatest films ever made 
um, by reputation, and we discuss if we bo- if we agree that they're still the greatest film, one of the greatest films ever made, and if they hold up. So as opposed to this one, where we are watching a film considered one of the worst films ever made, and we talk about if that's a fair title and what we think of it, and we either break it down or lift it up, depending on on our thoughts. Um, so let's go around and say just really quickly what we thought of this movie and what we would rename it if we had to. Renee? All I have to say is that uh, I, it was entertaining, I have to admit. I was actually very extremely entertained by this movie. What I hated beyond anything was that the lead actress was so bad. Yeah. She, she was really the was. worst thing about that movie. Yeah. I don't I mean, yeah, cool, she can play, you know, she can play naked, sure. But she can God get naked. Damn it. Is, I yeah. hated how yeah. absolutely awful. Like mm. was there nobody else they could find <laughs> that was hot that could well, well, yeah. actually dance and act. Mm. And, yeah, we'll get into why they chose her for sure. <laughs> but other than that, uh, uh for a name, I mean, I would just maybe call it boobies or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, I I admit I, there was. A, I was watching it and I was I was very entertained and, and very. Um, what's the word? Uh, involved with kind of like what? Why is this happening? What, what are you doing? I don't. I don't. Wait, but I thought that. So I was very mm-hmm. vocal while watching the movie uh, with things that actually kind of evoked some oh responses gosh. from me. So in my in my book, that means that a movie's not the worst if I have you know stuff if it gets some kind of response right. out of me. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, that was my Craig. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely yelled a lot. What at, and laughed? I laughed a lot. Me too, yeah. It was really funny. It was. Yeah, funny. it's a hysterical romp of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do yeah. You, do you have a rename or? A oh yeah, part? yeah. So I uh, I kind of realized that um, there's a like a big all about Eve. Like sort of like oh yeah pecking and like mm. the female yeah. thing that was one of the movies that the writer based it off of and so very loosely or it's inspired I had it, to I had to rename it all about cleave <laughs> <laughs> oh no because there's just so many boobs and all about boobies. beef and all about beef <laughs> what's with the nails too that was another title I was like calling it claws nails. out Claw, like, oh, oh yeah I guess clawing your way but they yeah. kept talking about the fucking yeah. nails and I was like mm-hmm. what is the point oh, of it was it? really bad metaphor. Yeah. Just really, it was. It was just. It's not even metaphor. It's just they're just doing it. And they're just. Yeah, we'll talk. I. I mean, I'll yeah. really quickly. I do think there was a lot of on um, a symbolism implied without follow through for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's certain things like this symbolism. You over like, the head but with you're it. not. You're not explaining that. Yeah. Okay. Amy, what, well, first of all, really quickly, what do we think, and what would we rename it? What did I think? I was just an absolute pile of garbage <laughs> it's just the worst thing i have ever i mean i am granted i was terrified when you gave us this counterpoint i was literally like nervous and anxious about it because i really thought you were handing me a costner movie <laughs> well we will get there he's I getting promise me you. back for something and it's going to be costner i just yeah, know it we will but, get there um it was just drivel just two hours and eight minutes. I'll oh never see God, again. Oh my God, how long it was. So it was, long. It was so two long. hours. You know, if you skip through some of the <laughs> quote unquote dance routines, um, those are the best parts of the whole movie. Wow. God. That was really, I mean, I love 
the scene <laughs> where they show her like dancing at the club. Oh my gosh. First, and she's flailing her arms like the dance like she's the guy. like she has a booger attached yeah. to her finger that's still uh-huh. in her nose and she's trying to get it out. And the guy's like, "Ooh, that girl yeah. can dance." She and can I'm like, do it. What are you doing? Up, you that's, know, yeah. The that's, only way I could describe <laughs> it is like capoeira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, yeah. it, is. it does it does look like that you guys ever seen those wind socks that they put at a dentist's <laughs> yeah. office she could sell yeah, some cars go. right there she could totally i mean that's how she did everything and i mean everything yeah i could see her she was so stiff with her shoulders yeah. were always real up whenever mm-hmm. she'd throw her arms out yeah. that's not the point of dancing and when they so did the stiff. voiceovers and you know in the studio later on with all of the grunting the uh uh mm-mm-mm. you know all of the dance moves and all of the grunting and the it was like a bad tennis game, yeah. kind of, with the tennis, yeah. you know. It wasn't great. Very bad. Do you have a um, new name for it? I have Lost in the Stardust. <laughs> so Okay. I like uh, that. I like that. And by Stardust, you mean cocaine, right? Is it? Of course. Okay. All of that. See, I, I go back it. on what I said before. These people should do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone these should do it. These, these act uh, characters. Not do we have an Italian how many times she licked her upper lip? Because I, oh, I lost count. Oh, my gosh. No, it's lots, so bad. All the lip liner the, and the uh, I think bloated. LL Cool J was her acting coach. Yeah. <laughs> and Jackie Chan was her choreographer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yes, it is the... It feels so long. Like, it, it's two hours and 11 minutes with credits. But, my God, it felt three hours long. Yeah. Super long. I did have to stop. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, my God. I paused it several times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. If I hadn't sure. allocated the specific time yeah. for this, I would have paused it and done something else. But I'm like, no, no, no. This is the time I set. I'm going to finish it. But it felt like an endurance challenge for sure. Yeah, I did <laughs> have to. We, at one point, I had to say, how much longer does this I have? Know. I know. I don't know if I can do I kept it. doing that, pausing it. Oh, oh okay. God, another hour. Okay. <laughs> so play. for me, I was having a hard time between two pun-based Retitles. Oh Bring it on. Because um, I couldn't tell which way I wanted to go. Um, so I think runner up, because I like the other one better, but runner up, I based it off of Elizabeth Berkeley's former <laughs> career path, yes. and I called it Saved by the Boobs, <laughs> was what I called it. And the other one, because her character's name, if you remember, was Nomi, Nomi. Malone. Mm-hmm. I have no means no. Oh. <laughs> so that's. That's the, the, those are the ones I. Have. I think that's great. The, uh, the guy that wrote this, his wife's name is mm-hmm. Naomi, Naomi. Yeah. and his nickname was for her was Nomi. Yeah, he also wrote Basic Instinct. Well, I know, and Sliver. Mm-hmm. and Sliver, and Jade, and Jade. Yeah, like he's a horny man. All the he stuff I checked off to. Fourteen years old, this guy wrote. He's a yeah. darkly horny man. Did you guys read the- Seven Million? He got paid seven million to write this. Really? What? Yeah. Lots. Infamous. And then what? Elizabeth Berkeley got paid a hundred thousand, didn't she? Yep, she got paid a hundred thousand for this. That's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe and per diem, mm. which was brown rice and vegetables. Brown rice, <laughs> rice and, and vegetables. vegetables. <laughs> I do love that shot I, when they like oh. she's sitting up on top on the hood of her car eating, eating a burger. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, she ate a lot of burgers <laughs> the whole time. That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's let's dive into this. Let's do it. All right. So what, what thoughts? What what comments do we have? I, I was struggling for finding like a what what was the point of the movie? And I I do think that I guess you can if you're good at taking stuff out of nothing kind of thing. I think that it's okay. There are a lot of shitty people out there, and shit happens, no and, and the world is ugly. So that mm-hmm. was pretty much it. Because the only good person in the entire movie was Molly. Yep. Yes. And what the fuck happened to her? You know, oh, like yeah. that was the only good redeeming yes. person in the entire movie, and that shit happens to her. Mm-hmm. I just, so yeah, exactly. And that comes at a really weird part. It was in the so film. random. <laughs> it was, and I there's random. no need exactly. for it. Right. Not at all. There's I no have, resolution to no. it. Exactly. Sure isn't. I wrote down interracial gangbang question mark. Yeah, why, and, and, yeah. Then, and then the way she that? solves it is to go oh, say, okay, you're right. I can't call the cops because I'll lose my job. So I'll just go and assault the guy too. I'll go kick him. And I guess she maybe it was so it would look cool that she knows how to fight or something. Yeah. But she left her job point? anyway? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's, that's anyway. never really talked about, is it? She's no. just hitchhiking. She just, yeah, yeah I don't know. She it's like she crawls away to the top. And or then uh, she, going to L.A. after this. Yeah, don't you think she has enough money for like a bus ticket at least? You would think. I don't know. She's yeah. hanging, sitting there hitchhiking yeah, so with her the, boob hanging she, out again. <laughs> so the whole point of the movie was, I'm going to do this and then leave. So it's just, why? Mm-hmm. Why and did yeah, you waste two hours of her life? Yeah. Did you win? <laughs> she goes, yeah. <laughs> like, no. You didn't. You just go. Oh, and the same guy as before. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. it just so happens. Like, oh, by the way, I want to know that guy's story. Yeah. Because when we start it, they're somewhere 342 miles from yeah. Vegas. And then he is headed to Los Angeles, which is 200 miles away. Yeah. Where is this guy coming from? Where is he going? I don't understand this man. And He's then a drug he, mule. That's a long are, game. Uh, if you're going 300 miles on the off chance that some girl is going to go to Vegas and you can steal her shit. That's a long con right there. Yep. But there's no shit. Doesn't I mean, make any your sense. Crappy little suitcase probably has exactly. Like he left without her. Like why? Bedazzled bras on it in in it or something. Just really. I mean, you have to imagine somewhere in those three hundred and forty some miles, they probably would have stopped at a pit stop, and he could have ditched her there. Yeah. If he if that was his goal was just yeah. to steal her suitcase. That truck isn't making it that far without stopping for gas. a yeah. billion times. Yeah. Ten miles per gallon. And then he gives her ten dollars. Like, what if the stuff in her suitcase isn't worth $10? <laughs> then what? The gas he yeah. spent alone to get all know. that way. I mean, now he could probably sell her underwear on eBay for That's a true. handsome profit. But that wasn't around back then. <laughs> Another one of my... All right, I got a couple of things. But like, bring it. The, the, the stuff that really jumps out at me is like, <laughs> So it's right after she finds out that, you know, she's not going to get something and to so understudy yeah so she storms into kyle mclaughlin's yeah. office and he, he's like the head of this giant hotel or whatever yeah. and his office is like i know with paneling like wood, wood paneling, paneling and like the there's side. a dartboard yeah. it's like three feet by eight feet <laughs> yeah and i was like well, no this guy would be like at the yeah. top yep. of a fucking building It'd be a penthouse. you know and like that's where he would be he doesn't have a paneled office <laughs> he drives a ferrari he has an infinity <laughs> was, pool yeah, his yeah. and he sits in a yeah. crappy so office dumb. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh man. And then talking about upper lips and, and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. But another favorite thing about his uh, Gina Gershwin's acting style is that she never actually closes her mouth. Nope. Uh-huh. She ha- always has the side of her mouth open where you can see like her side teeth. Oh man, I love it. it was a smirk. It was I a smirk. Love it. 
I could watch that for years. <laughs> and it, that probably was like the pinnacle of her success. I'm assuming around that time, 95. Yeah, yeah, she was, yeah. I feel like that was when she was at her peak. Yeah, she was doing a lot of good stuff. But you know what? Like, I really can't fault any of the actors for agreeing to do this film because who's the director? He's Basic Instinct, Robocop, uh, Total Recall. And then later on, after the Starship Troopers, he mm-hmm. is a guy who, you know, makes very successful films that are very iconic that and we still watch today. the production value was really impressive. There was, I could tell oh, they spent a lot oh, of time uh, and money on making this movie, which is why it was really hard to just tear it apart because I was thinking, man, these poor actors here mm-hmm. thinking they're doing this well, big movie. And-, yeah, well, I, and going back to like what you're talking about from the very get-go is like just how bad she is. Oh yeah. my God. And oh, yeah. And it, oh. yeah. And I have down that her acting is very saved by the best. Well, that's what it is. It's taking it it's it's taking somebody that's been doing a multicam, a live action cartoon cartoon show, show yeah. f- for Saturday mornings uh, for I don't know five or well, six years. As an actor, it, you can tell that she's covering up that she can't act with action. Every time she's yeah. had a line and she couldn't deliver it well, yeah. the director probably said, "Eat some popcorn." While you're saying this line, because that covers the fact that she sucks. So every time she has a line, you'll notice she did something. She was throwing something. She was spinning yeah. around. It's like, I'm she mad, so I'm going to throw my arms around. Yeah. Exactly. Like I have a temper tantrum. And, and that's very... Yeah. And that worked on Say by that's the Bell. That's very multicam. That's yeah. a multicam For actor. kids, though. I yeah. mean, that's definitely your acting for kids. So, like, sure. I don't know if anyone watched the show Titus back in the day, yeah. the sitcom. Yeah. She it. ended up playing his sister. Okay. And her acting got, was really good. I just think at this time, you know, she didn't realize, hey, my child acting skills aren't going to aren't good for adult acting stuff. And I just don't think she was ready for something like this. I mean, there was even a part but where she was horrible in the beginning in when she pulls the lever on the, the slot machine and immediately as soon as she lets go of the lever, looks down because I won. I was mm. thinking, oh, that's not how those machines work. You pull it yeah. and then you watch. Wait to see if you win, and then there it is. But she mm-hmm. pulls the lever, and oh my gosh, looking <laughs> down already, I won. So I, I remember watching this like in like '98, you know, and I, I think I saw the the, the R version. This was with the NC17 version, which so was a lot longer. Like I, was, there, I think they're all NC17. This movie came out, and it wasn't R. It wasn't R. Mm-mm. Well, I remember it very because the director's so famous and popular and successful. They're like, okay, you want to do NC17? We're not going to make as much, but we trust you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, but um, so I forgot how, that she didn't know. Was it Molly, mm-hmm. the friend? That they met randomly yeah. and yeah, they like smack the each heck? other. They, yeah. yeah, they got in a immediately. Fight. Yeah. And then she almost runs, barfs on her. Barfs on her <laughs> and then runs into the street. What was that all about? What was the random barfing I about? I think she anyway? was so upset that that happened. That was the first five minutes of the movie. She's vomiting. Yeah, we were thinking maybe she was drunk see. or something, but she hadn't been Did drinking. She had time and, to no. drink? No, I didn't ever, no. I never showed that. And then she never threw up again. But I just, I found. But we all did. Yeah. And it was so, so for me, okay. I had a really hard time deciding if I felt this was legitimately one of the worst movies ever made. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I agree with you, Renee, I don't. I think the writing is horrible, is god-awful, horrible writing, horrible plot structure, horrible just that. I think narratively it's awful. And I think Elizabeth, once again, Elizabeth Berkeley is a great actress now, but at the time she was 
absolutely atrocious. But those two elements, I'm like, you know what? Literally every single The Asylum movie that I've seen is worse than this one. Hmm. I've seen and, many more movies uh, that were worse. Yeah, than this. where I don't necessarily believe. It was bad, but um, I, I, I believe Paul, the director, I think Verhoeven is that yeah. his last name. Yeah. I believe he thought this was going to be his Magnolia or his Boogie Nights. I genuinely believe he was thinking this was going to be this cinematic masterpiece hmm. um, and that he really strove to do this. Um, but it just did nothing. I mean, just narratively, it's ridiculous. And even with mm-hmm. with her freaking out outside of the casino and Molly coming up and all of it. Okay. And then even Molly is nice enough to buy her burgers and fries, which she's being a, a she throws on her. She's being a dick about the food. Yeah. And then Molly's like, well, you can stay Say, with me. With and I was like, stranger who was smacking my car. So convenient. Narratively convenient. <laughs> I actually gave creative notes to a producer a couple of years ago where it was this adventure movie. I mean, it, it, yeah, it never ended up getting made. But it was this adventure movie where the the brother or the main guy, like his brother and a couple other people, he's like, we're going to go down to, to the yeah, Amazon. I and hope you're you didn't all... sign an NDA. Just no, joking. I didn't. No, I mean, I'm still being super vague about this. But anyway, he's like, <laughs> we're all going on this, or I'm going on this adventure and you guys are coming with me. And my creative note is like, no, no, you that's lazy and so convenient. You have to give a compelling reason why these people would come with them instead of just saying, you're coming with us. And that's kind of how I felt with Molly being like, well, you can live with me. I'm like, okay, this mm. lady was beating up your car, almost yeah. puked on you, is being a dick about food that you bought for and her. Then when Why she would down, you trust her in your It looked like place? they were going to make out, right? Yeah. Oh, no, totally. I thought they were yeah. going to make out. And I was really upset when they didn't and then almost never did. <laughs> like for, when you were talking about themes, I was thinking about the themes of this movie are men are lying scumbags who just want to have sex with you. And women are catty who want to backstab Vicious, you who are yeah, also yeah. probably lesbians. And on drugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is I, I, I think like structurally, like, like why it's so frustrating to watch this movie is it's really the same scene played over uh-huh. and over and over, and over, and over yep. again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're just going to do something to you, Naomi, and you're going to either take it or flip Get out upset. and run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's really the entire yeah. movie scene after scene after scene after scene after scene. She threw a tantrum and cried at almost every other scene. Yeah. Truly. And it was just, she'd, she'd go from zero to 10 yeah. in like a split just second. like a really naughty toddler. Yeah. I mean, they, even at the beginning yeah. with the switch play where the guy's like, you yeah. can sit next to me. Now that's just a, gr- uh-huh. like, it's just a shitty, lame pickup line that she could have been like, huh, yeah, no, the seatbelt's over here. And so she's like, yeah. Okay, buddy. I'm like, whoa, yeah. he's, I mean, he's just a yeah. pathetic dude. Like that's. I mean, give him a mean look to make him feel bad, but like, bring out a switchblade. That's a little excessive. Yeah. Uh, note They're to, se- to, make note to self. Like um, people <laughs> don't that pick up hitchhikers probably aren't the best people. Just, no, just yeah. Saying. yeah. And at the end, when she's hitchhiking again, and her shirt's hanging open, yeah. and her boobs are hanging out, I'm thinking, what kind of person do you think is going right. to pick you up right, right now? What are you asking to happen to you yeah. right, right now? Yeah. Was... <laughs> oh, and yeah, her dancing. No. Now, was she, yeah. was she a dancer? Was she a dancer? You know what? I just, I did not understand where she's like, yeah. I'm going to Vegas to be a dancer. And I'm like, uh, like uh, on stage or we're talking like stripper because yeah. do we really think the pinnacle place to do stage yeah. dancing is Vegas? Yeah. 
I couldn't be heading quite to New York or something. Figure yeah. that out. But as did you know, she mean stripper? That being said, though, she didn't know what an MBA was. She said Versace. Like, yeah. She's kind she of an idiot. Versace, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like if you've seen any movies, you'd be like, oh, I need to go to New York to dance. <laughs> yeah. I think she lived yeah. in a vacuum. I don't think she's mm-hmm. ever heard anything well, what, other. And what was the thing with her past? What actually that was her past? Was she has been arrested a lot for solicitation for prostitution all $50 sometimes That's 100 right, right, is yeah. what she said which by the way I was going to wait till the end to get into that but I just have to say that makes no sense mm-hmm. with anything in that film for that to come out I'm like well that doesn't make well, sense it, it anything. adds it piggybacks to um, Crystal calling her a whore well, over and over for again. sure but and I'm just saying her being offended by every little comment anybody said is just like Why but are you offended? aren't you, you were, used to that wouldn't you be like <laughs> callous right? to that at this point I guess exactly. she's trying to run away from it yeah. but then why would you want to go into strip yeah. Dancing, yeah, if you want to oh, get away, I'm from tired that of being used for my body. I'm gonna strip I'll... instead. <laughs> That's right. Give me a pull. But also piggybacks to why she had to leave, because what's his name found out about her Who past, she was, and so yeah, exactly. But he still was gonna be cool with her. I, I haven't. I know. Oh, I'm he... like, if anything, you should be like, oh, thank God, what a weight off of my shoulders. Yes, I had and... a horrible childhood. Blah blah blah. And now I'm a star. Exactly. Which means, yeah. I gotta go. Now I'm gonna be rich. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what you look happened? so out of it. I just can't. Yeah. And I just, I, <laughs> like, I have to say, Nomi is a horrible human being. Yeah, she yes, really she is. is. She is just not yes, a good is. person whatsoever. Like, she's mean to Molly. She's mean to, like, she snaps at everybody mm-hmm. at any yeah. moment. And everyone's buying her food. Food, <laughs> being nice to her, bailing her out of jail after she starts, starts a club fight. Kicks you in the nuts. and then, yeah. you know. Like all this stuff. <laughs> she is a horrible human being. Like it's like what – I just – I didn't know if that final reveal at the end about her past. I'm like is that supposed to – are we supposed to then feel for her? Because that I didn't. should be something that if we wanted to – if they, they wanted us to gain empathy for her, they should have addressed that at the beginning of the movie, yeah. right? Oh, that's why she's awful. Yeah, and I think – this is the this is the crazier part to me is that I actually – because I did make end up writing a sequel to this, uh, Pennies from yeah. Heaven, it, but <laughs> yes. it's not – it's just in name only. But – he oh, wrote it. He was it? the writer, though. He No, it's based on characters, and a woman wrote it. Okay. It's just based on the characters oh. because she wanted the name. Okay. Oh. Any, anyways, but I do feel like um, they kind of let it open for a sequel. They did. Yeah. Los oh, to, they were going to make a sequel. They were. Um, and it was going to take place in L.A. where she was going to take over, the or not take over, but take on the movie industry. Was what mm, Paul and oh the, the writer wanted. I can't. That's why I just cannot believe that like these guys are having this conversation <laughs> about a sequel. I'm like, have you not seen the final cut? <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of living in a vacuum, yeah, like, how do you think that this? Do you really think this was going to play out as this <laughs> amazing thing? But she was just a horrible person through the whole thing. I'm like, I, I hate her. Like, she is not. She's annoying. I mean, even when. Like the strip club owner who wasn't a lovable guy at all. But when he chucked the shirt back at her after she threw the shirt at him, I was like, Mm -hmm. good for you, dude. Like, and I'm supposed to be on her side. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Chucked a shirt at you. Yeah, nobody really ever shows her a lesson. She never Mm -mm. gets. She gets everything. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, she gets everything that she could have wanted. But then she walks away anyway because I don't know why. (laughs) I mean, if anything, once again, if anything. If we know your past and we're still going to make you a star in Vegas, 
Why would you leave? And she didn't yeah. think it through because her fucking face and name is on a billboard now. Which is on the, the fastest. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Vegas uh, yeah. is really fast about marketing because <laughs> those guys will sell anything, which I'm very... When I went to Vegas, I'm like, my God, these guys know how to market. But I'm like, man, that was a fast-ass billboard to make yeah. like the next... Day. Okay, I have a question. How long do we think that this story lasted. I could not get a feel for how I have long. No idea. <sighs> Maybe as long as the movie felt. <laughs> <laughs> because when they have the first scene of Molly and her in their little trailer thing, they had been acting like they'd been living together for a long time. I know, she had a job all like of a sudden. And- well, even when Henrietta and the strip club owner came, it was as if they hadn't seen each other forever. But I'm like, but I don't. Story wise, I feel like it hasn't yeah. been that long since you've seen. Maybe a couple them. months tops. Can tops. someone explain to me how? How did Nomi get the understudy part? Because I could remember that legally Crystal went through her lawyers to make sure that they were not to give the understudy part to Nomi. Didn't that happen? Because that's why she started. Originally, but she's she already got a settlement. You mean when she got hurt? Yeah. Yeah, she got a settlement with her lawyer anyway. So she just was able to kind of ride off in the sunset. I mean, you know. Interesting. uh, Wheelchair out of, you know, in the sunset. Um, but, she rolled. Yeah, she rolled into the sunset. But so that's how they got her on there. And I think because they wanted her anyway, because she of the others, she was the better dancer, apparently, oh, and the better looking than the the white girl with cornrows. Um, oh, yeah. Or so dreadlocks or whatever. Angry, weird lap dancing in that movie. That was the funniest so fucking thing. Yeah, it was weird. Like, so that's what goes on in those clubs. That isn't what goes on in those no. clubs. Yeah, all. with with the Henrietta if that, thing. If that happened, if that <laughs> happened to <laughs> me, I would, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would sue <laughs> and own a strip club. Because that's what guys want to see. They want to see a transgender with boobs that. Beep I, when I don't think she was supposed to be transgendered. She was just a heavy set lady that uh, was. I thought that was a dude. No, no. Oh, I'm no. But sorry, I just think it's supposed to be like she's. Oh, she's just like an. She's just like an old Barker. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty wow. much. She was okay. the the comic relief, you know. So guys could, you know, she their erections hilarious. could go down a little bit, you no, know. So the excitement of getting it up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there was even. It's there, all about cleansing the palate. Even, well, hold on a second. Let's just say how bad like all these characters are, though. Like even as oh. as lovable as she was, and like kind of this ball of positive energy of like. And everybody sucks. Ha ha. It's funny. Um, <laughs> she even says like, and uh, when Naomi's talking to Al, you know, the strip club acne face and uh, she goes, uh, yeah, I know. He, 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 he says, uh, yeah, she's got a job. Uh, you know, she's going to go be a dance. Oh, they always come. They all come back. There's like kind of the shitty thing to say yeah. right there in that moment where she should have just been like super. And then like that goes, that just goes unaddressed. Yeah. And then oh, they yeah. give each other a hug and yep. they leave. And I was like, that was just a shitty thing that this woman said and nobody reacts to yeah. it. I, Whereas like she has been reacting over the top yeah. to 11 to everything. when anybody <laughs> says anything slightly bad to You're her. Right. And she just lets that one go. I hated that book. I hated it so much. That's why that, she was an 11 That lady all the time. was weird to me because at first I wanted to think she was funny and lovable, that mama character, but then she just yeah. wouldn't fucking drop it. Yeah. She just wouldn't yeah. be Oh my god, how second. exhausting yeah. would she be however <laughs> hours? I know, it's like, it's like even in a normal beaks. conversation Henrietta, we're in church, will you boobs. stop saying snatch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like, like hmm. drop the jokes. You, you can talk to someone, you're not on yeah. stage, you're not getting paid right now, you're not on yeah. the clock, just, just talk does, to them. Honey. Come on. Yeah. No, can I just say, I feel that... that <laughs> The actor, you know, Robert Davey, who played 
Al. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder how weird it felt for him in that nice moment. I'll call it that because comparatively, but the nice moment where they visit her at the showgirls thing. Yeah. And it's just like this moment where he's just like, you know, kind of like proud of you kid yeah. walking away. Can I imagine, I, I just imagine him being like, um, Paul, do you really want me to say the come line when I leave? I think oh. that really undercuts yeah. the tender yeah. moment. Oh, dude, I laugh so hard. What? Oh, I laugh so hard. I like, I that's when I was one of the ones where I paused it and ran around my apartment. <laughs> I was like, what the dude? What are you doing? The pudding pops. <laughs> I know. I just feel like the the actor would be like, you know, I feel like we got it. Like one line behind. (laughs) We we understood what he was going for. You know, because I was. He didn't make a lot of semen references. My God. Like you'll love the money, but eventually I'll make you swallow. Yeah. Remember he said that to that new girl? Yeah, which does the writer think that women from the Midwest live like in a commune where they don't realize, (laughs) hey, you've signed paperwork saying you're a stripper, but you don't know what that word means. Mm. So I have to walk you through it the (laughs) night you start. Like she's like, oh, okay. It's like, kind of, do not. Do you think you're a candy striper? You think this is a (laughs) hospital? Because I think you're lost. I just thought that was so strange. Just so much of the stuff yes. where I'm like, how? Yeah, this, there's just not... there, nothing. Nothing seemed to be any like you talk about having like grounded characters and like just a grounded reality. And there's just this was flighty as fuck. Yeah, yeah. it's just all over the. But place. even yeah. like Molly, who I definitely agree. I even wrote that yeah. she's the heart yeah. of this. Yes, she. I mean, she's the only good the person. Only good thing about in this whole thing. She doesn't even really make sense. Why? If someone's Mm-mm. spazzing out, beating the crap out of your car, almost puking on you, and being a dick when you give food, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I can't yeah. get over this. Yeah. But like, Why you're you really going to be it's like, so hey, rude. come live with me. Yeah, you seem stable <laughs> yeah. enough to live with me and not steal all my shit. Hmm. Like, that doesn't make any sense. A lot. Oh, and did we, did anyone else, when the one girl got hurt during the dancing, did anyone else think Molly was going to get fired when they're like, oh, the beads. Yeah, yeah, I, thought, it, I yeah. thought that too. Like I kind of thought, oh, this fell off yeah. of my dress or something. Because it's yeah. just like uh, those need to be secure. They're yeah. seamstress. So I was like, oh yeah, no, Molly. is she going to lose her job? Yeah. And how? Speaking of convenience, uh, how convenient <laughs> was it that Molly, the girl whose car that Nomi beats up, happens to be the seamstress of the most you know, amazing yeah. showgirl show <sighs> in all of Las Vegas. And yeah. here you are ending up living it, with her. It, wasn't she going to school for something too? She got an A? Yeah. yeah. She, she got A for like what she was currently doing. Seamstressing. Yeah, seamstressing. Oh, I totally didn't get that. Because, of, yeah, I know. No, that's what it was for. Oh, cool. And then Nomi says she's there to be a dancer. Yeah, and here it. your roommate <laughs> works at this show, amazing show place. And yet she asks you, hey, come to work with me. And she's like, no, I'm just going to eat chips. Like, yeah. Why would you? I thought that's what you were here for—was to climb your way to the top and be yeah. a dancer. Why wouldn't you grab this opportunity and yeah, go get it? Molly it, had to like force her to come with her. And it was so weird um, for the context when Molly kept saying like, "Don't get caught up in this." Where I'm like, "But, but if it's her job and that's what she wants to do, I, I think it's weird to say that as because she's in it too. She's in Vegas. But she's talking mm-hmm. about the drugs, I think, the cocaine use." Right. I, I mean, I think she was referring to like the whole lifestyle and all that stuff. But still, it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, she's not, you know, Nomi didn't come here, a delicate flower. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought, was expecting to see Crystal, uh, her, her spiral downward with the drug use. 
I was really shocked that it was her getting shoved down the stairs that ended her career and not the cocaine abuse because you see it progress Mm -hmm. and you see more and more she's starting to use it and kind of lose her kind of downwards lose herself a little bit but then it's the staircase that takes her down literally and (laughs) the other question I had and this might depending on how you guys feel about might kind of paint a better picture of how long this was supposed to have take taken place all of the dance numbers that we saw was that all for one show or were those like different shows they were doing because what the i think it was for one show yeah all those costume changes i think it was like the different acts of the show show. because there's like motorcycles at one point yeah chimpanzees and another (laughs) in a volcano what is the theme of the wedding part (laughs) it's called goddess i don't yeah what in the world? I don't know. I think I'm. I think it runs parallel with the movie. There's just no, <laughs> no theme point. whatsoever. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It was a woman that played. Oh, no. <laughs> I would like uh, to openly apologize. No, because they they Lynn added makeup Tucci. and stuff to make her look the way that she did. So I think they added makeup to look like she had like a five o'clock shadow and stuff. I really Merp. thought she was. Merp. <laughs> Merp. <laughs> what was making that sound? Was I don't know. it the dress? the dress? Maybe nobody can make my tips pop out. Tips like pop you out do. like you do. Oh. But what did she do to help make those pop out? I don't understand. She like patted her on the back. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Like she burped her like a baby. Oh but how does that help? How I does that change know, anything in your physicality? Noah has to know. Somebody please explain it to him. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he wants to learn how to do it. Nothing. <laughs> I, well, I, sad thing is I can do it and I don't need someone's help. Um, <laughs> All you need is a sound effect. So <laughs> so I thought I thought it was weird throughout the movie. I felt like and this, there was so much tell instead of show. Like when it comes to concepts or things like that, where it was like, we're going to tell you something. Do my nails. But <laughs> yeah, like the symbolism, but also like. And then, I, no, I don't want no, you don't to do, do my, my nails. nails. Okay, now are you ready to do my nails? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was weird. But I thought it was weird. Like Nomi in the writing and in the dialogue seemed like she <laughs> implied that she had integrity. You know, like where yeah. she's like, I'm not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but she never showed she had integrity nope. at all. Like, pretty much, if it got her something, she would eventually do it. The one time was not doing the foursome. That was the only time that she actually said no to something uh, that she felt uncomfortable doing. Other than that, she did pretty much well, she Remember when she took uh, Zach into that back room where Crystal wanted to watch them, uh, him get a lap dance from her? And he was like, you know, she was like, and you can't touch. You cannot touch me, but I can touch you. But he was touching her. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was I mean, it was muted that. versus. Well, yeah, I mean, didn't see she any. still got the job done. She did, but wait, so wow. did anyone else think that was probably the most unsexy pool sex scene you've oh, ever seen? That in your was life? so funny. I was cracking up. It's like a full body dry heave. Well, I know at the right? very end when he, she finishes him, she's just like seizuring. Like, yeah, the, like the only thing seizure. I can think of is I'm like, He's if having an this is what it would look like if fish could have intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most you know floppy, squiggly. Painful. Yeah, it like didn't. She was drowning or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think she kind of was too. Because when she comes back up, you see her go like, like and a bunch of the water like comes out of her mouth. I made a note on that scene, and I thought this during that scene. I put Noah tricked us all into watching porn. <laughs> it was pretty much porn. It was, I, it was very soft core. It was very <laughs> much. No. A softcore porn movie. Yeah. It was Cinemax After Dark. 
Yeah, but not the There's not no sexy penis. version. Yeah, because none of that stuff was. Just, I've seen gifts sexier than this. There's movie. There, one thing I want to talk before is the how different they made her look from her Save by the Bell stuff. Like I don't know what they did to her makeup, but they like made her look like like a different a different ethnicity. Yeah, like it was the blonde hair. Yeah, they because bleached she her has hair for dark one. skin. So it'd be like if we dyed our hair blonde, it just wouldn't look good with our skin. I think. Yeah, well, at least and with then me, her it wouldn't. Lips were look so yeah, ugh. they were all jacked out. Yeah, yeah. Like they wanted. To, I don't know what they were trying to make her look Brazilian or something. I don't. Was, you know what? I could see that. I I couldn't figure out other than like bleaching her hair. So I couldn't figure up. out. But yeah, it kind of seemed. Yeah. Her hair just didn't match her skin tone and everything. It just looked weird. Everything looked weird. Everything looked weird. <laughs> That's I think basically when, kinda, I, when, yeah. I, when I'm done with this movie. Oh, uh, showgirls, everything looked weird. And didn't, yeah, didn't, the movie, didn't the movie <laughs> right? feel kind of like it, it was 95, but didn't it feel like it took place in the air? Wasn't it 80s? It seemed very 80s, like with the music seem 95, and the colors the, uh, and things. It seemed very old. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. definitely felt like 87. No. There you go. Very specific. Very. Oh, hey. That's ridiculously specific. <laughs> it felt like ridiculously May 3rd and 1987 <laughs> at 12.45 p.m., yeah. And how do we I feel? I just had a cafe mocha. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because it burnt my lip. It reminds me of, what's that guy's name? Red and Blacklist. That's what that reminds me of, the way he talks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, did anyone else feel the way that the writer got Nomi um, to bond with Gina Gershon was like a weird over dog food that was the strangest way to have two people bond like oh you ate dog food too oh my god oh, me too. i loved that brand i'm like Kibble. what the shit that was terrible <laughs> it was so terrible weird. now like even the, in why that, not just use the nails to bond and, and then and, they didn't bond because then all no, that shit went down after yeah. that and in that scene they didn't actually show boobs but they just talked about boobs yeah uh-huh. the whole time until they got to the dog food yeah. Oh, I'm a woman. I love. And then, this. like these Texans come in and ask for an autograph. <laughs> Ooh, I told you she was from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Like what? The sh- why? Oh yeah. Why? There were a lot of lines. Why in even there. do that? They it were didn't overly Texas. Oh, it's so caricature. Okay, what about that in the beginning? There, when she wins the jackpot, and that random extra comes up with a line, and she says, "Do you want to trade for silver dollars?" What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I'm assuming she is what I assumed, and I could be wrong because I think I'm wrong about a lot of assumptions I have about this movie because it doesn't (laughs) make sense. But I feel like maybe it was a, it was a game that cost more. Maybe she was going from nickel slots to like dollar slots. Yeah, I think she went quarters to quarters. Changing quarters to silver. So that's what I'm thinking is that she got tricked into spending more money or spending it faster. Basically, lost it all. but I don't okay. know. I could be totally wrong yeah. about that. Uh, she was like, "Oh, look at you! Want to trade for silver?" It was so the, the delivery was so weird. And the same thing with oh every other extra that uh, she goes to the hotel and she's talking to the lady behind the desk. It's just like a weird chemistry of like, "Hey, I'm here," and she's like, "Go in." It's like, yeah. "Okay, just could you, know, you just w- walk w- in?" We haven't talked about it all. Is James? We, oh, yeah. I was just going to oh. get there. What do you want to say? Right. I just think that was interesting that we hadn't talked about yeah. James. Um, Forgot about who's, him, James? Who's yeah. James? Uh, the dude she got fired from his, from two of his jobs. Poor James. Yeah. But she not poor James. She no. didn't not once say James. thank you for bailing her out of jail. Nope. Oh, so rude. But she did she let him buy... Um, she, no, yeah. she didn't. No, she, she didn't. didn't. She didn't. I think she was going to go there that night, uh, but he was too busy didn't. with 
the new blonde girl. She did let him stick his hand yes. down her pants when to, she to prove her right. She was on her period. Yeah, which just seemed I love really his, like, unnecessary. <laughs> I got towels. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so right. great. <laughs> That's an honest response. Yeah, wow. it is. It really is. It is. I got towels. Let's just go get this done. Men are Shut as up. grossed out about that as people tend to I, say they are, like deal. in it's movies and TV shows. Anywho, so James. <laughs> That's James. I have to say, one of the things I loved about James was how his dance, his special dance choreography number was basically all leading up to him getting a lap dance. Yeah. Like that was the choreography, was him mm-hmm. getting a lap dance. Yeah. Even when you saw it on stage, it's like, nope, he's still getting lap dance. And here's the other thing. (laughs) Why was everyone so mad that 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 was was happening? They were so angry. Was it real dance? Boo. Yeah. (laughs) What are you guys doing? Was he supposed to be like everybody else does? I don't know. No, yet, maybe. I don't, I don't, was he supposed to be likable? I don't know. Supposed to be a what? likable i don't know because i mean even if she if he wasn't i feel like if he wasn't supposed to be likable in the film if the director and writer didn't want you to find him likable i don't think you would have seen him after she finds him in bed with someone else but the fact that later on she goes to his thing is just like oh your dance number was great and him having to be like oh we're getting married because she's pregnant like i am i I don't know how I was supposed because I didn't like him. I at think all. he was there for that theme of shit sucks. I yeah. think that his whole existence was because they said it like five times in the beginning. Shit sucks. Life stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. And they kept saying it. And I think that that's <laughs> the point of him coming back was reiterating. Well, sometimes shit sucks. And I think yeah. that's the whole movie point is that life sucks. People are awful and good people get raped. <laughs> that's right. life. Yeah. That's my day in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's we not funny, Craig. What else? What else we want to talk about with James? Nothing. I don't. No. I don't care anymore. No. So, kind of going back to why she was the star of this is, I mean, I have to imagine. Okay, so it kind of goes back to the whole like when a, when uh, an actress is young and she has that pure image, whether it's Jessica Biel in Seventh Heaven or Vanessa Hudgens or any of the Disney Channel, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Like, I feel, you know, you have to, Hillary Duff, you have to show that you're an adult. And I think some tend to do it better than others. Like Tiffany Amber Thiessen, she just moved on to Melrose Place. So that was a great transition mm-hmm. because it's still, net, you know, it's network yeah. TV. It's more adult without, I mean, doing full frontal. But then you have the other people who think that they're ready who aren't, who just go off the deep end and it just does not work. And I feel like with this, I mean, how many guys do you think lost their shit when the Say by the Bell girl mm-hmm. first takes off her bra? Like, oh, I yeah. can only imagine yeah. guys um, being super pumped about that. And I mean, by, and by the end of it, they're like, oh, I have to see your boobs again. Yeah, like, ugh, yeah. again, I've only seen them <laughs> 500 times in the past five hours of this movie. <laughs> But, well, that's why they had to throw in lines like "you have really great boobs" to remind them that she has yeah. really right. great boobs. Yeah, because you know how you're desensitized at this point. Exactly. Remember, she has she good has boobs. good boobs. <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, uh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. she's just so bad in this. She's just so awful, and the writing is so bad in this. It's a really horrible script. It I mean, was I like horrible, the, but the she writer. Was the only one that really just bombed it. All the other actors 
they gave they, a great college could, try. Could, they yeah, really they did. Get a good attempt with what sure. they got. Yeah, with what they had to deal with. No, I mean it's a really solid cast. It really yeah, is. It, it really is. With the exception of her, it's yeah. like there's not like any. She was aggressively bad. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. that's cringeworthy outside of her. The yeah. writing in her, mm-hmm. are really yep. like, would make ruin it. <laughs> the movie ruins it. <laughs> I know. That's what actually I was kind of shocked when I was thinking about how I'd recast this. I was thinking, you know, done the right way, this probably could have been a really interesting movie. It would have been kind of one of those yeah it's gritty for sure but that shit does happen it does in the industry and it would be great to have somebody kind of document that in, a, in an interesting way with interesting characters so if they had a good cast and the director calmed down a little bit maybe focused on the point and what he yeah. wanted yeah. people to walk away with it right. might have been a different story he had some interesting marketing um I'm just yeah, we here. can get into the trivia yeah. here. I, I have a couple different things. But do we have any other comments before we get into trivia and discuss how we feel about certain things that are ridiculous? Uh, all right. So let's see. All right. So Angelina Jolie auditioned for the role of Crystal, ah, so, which at that time, though, Angelina was showing her boobs in every movie. So mm-hmm. I'm not really surprised by that. Yeah. I feel like she might have been a little too young at that point, though. I don't know. She was 95? showing her... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, Charlize Theron auditioned for Nomi. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's can, actually well, that. one of those things that we were talking about when we were watching it, so we thought she had a similar face. Same thing with Jenny McCarthy. She was auditioning for Nomi, but then they found out she couldn't dance, so they didn't hire her, which I'm like, and Elizabeth could? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, really? Like that's, you said, the Saved by the Bell thing yeah, is probably I'm what so did sure. it. Yeah, I'm so sure. So, and um, it swept the Razzie Awards. The year it came out, and the director was the first person ever to come and accept an award. At Arazi for worst director and worst picture. <laughs> or he was the first director, I'm sorry, to come and collect an award. Uh, the only time actresses complained that they felt uncomfortable was during the scenes with the monkeys who constantly stared at their boobs. Awesome. What? That's yeah, amazing. That's amazing. That's oh pretty my God. great. <laughs> Get away from you, dirty monkey. <laughs> Quit looking at my boobs. Um, I don't know why that girl is Jamaican. Um, <laughs> so filmmakers wanted Madonna to play Crystal and Drew Barrymore to play Nomi. Yeah. That was another person we were thinking for recast was Madonna. Mm. That's so funny. So, oh, I love, this is one of my favorite, I don't know if this is true, but I love it so much. I hope it's true. A source once told Paul, the director, that Steven Spielberg had requested a copy oh, yeah. of the movie after the premiere. Reportedly, Spielberg stopped watching halfway through the movie while saying, sometimes I hate this town. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be true so bad. We should put that on a poster. As of 2009, Showgirls is the highest grossing NC-17 of all time, $20 million, um, and the only NC-17 film to ever be given wide distribution. I'm sure off of the reputation of the director. I'm sure of that. Mm-hmm. How much, uh, do you know how much it was made for? Oh, we can look that up, yeah. but it's, I mean, probably pretty good. You want to look that up, Amy, while yeah. I'm looking up? All right. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. The f- oh, yeah. So, the film did really well with the home video market. So it's generated more than $100 million from video rentals and became one of MGM's top 20 all-time bestsellers. It's kind of like a car crash. You have to see it. You know, Um, Sharon Stone auditioned for Crystal. So I thought that was interesting. I definitely could see that. Well, I mean, it's her same director from Basic Instinct. So I definitely could see that. And they kind of would have a shorthand. Um, Let's see. Yeah, Wait. Elizabeth Berkley regularly works 16 hours a day in high heels while filming the dance scenes. 
So uh, this I found interesting and it totally didn't work for marketing. But after this film bombed at the box office and swept the Razzie Awards, MGM attempted to remarket it as a midnight cult flick. Um, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, a new print ad with a leopard, leopard skin pattern background and prominently mentioning the, the film's seven Razzie wins ran in several L.A. newspapers promoting midnight showings in West Hollywood in 96. Uh, Good attempt. It, yeah, it did not work. So, But since then, you know, it definitely has that cult following and Quentin Tarantino actually says they think that it's he that he's like he thinks it's a better film than people give it credit for i i I agree with that it's better than than the worst movie in the world but it's definitely could have used some loving advice during the making so apparently there was some behind the scenes a competition between berkeley and gershon Mm -hmm. off screen and the director kind of wanted to play that up directors do that a lot Mm -hmm. he did that for black swan with mila Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah, they did. They took kept them separate because they were kind of chummy. Oh yeah, and they wanted and, that disconnect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it worked. So the writer came up with the idea while on vacation in Maui. Um, based on the idea, he scribbled on a napkin. He was advanced two million dollars to write the script and picked up an additional one point seven when the studio produced it. So that's sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. Anything else? Let's... Do you want to know the budget for this movie? Yes. It was $45 million, and it grossed worldwide thirty-seven-seven. And then home video was right. 100 So, yeah. yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. In a 2013 okay. interview, Paul Verhoeven explained his motives for doing the, doing the movie. He didn't like the initial script and passed on it for a different movie that kind of fell through. So he felt bad and kind of felt like he had to... When his other stuff was fa- falling through, he ended up like agreeing mm. to do it. Um, he says that he intended it to be an over-the-top morality tale populated with only amoral characters except for Molly, with Las Vegas as a metaphor for hypocrisy and extortion. However, the satirical intentions were not picked up by the critics who regarded the movie as a simplistic portrayal of American culture. Uh, so I just... I have to say, like, I get why he would say that because he, when I think of RoboCop and Starship Troopers, both of those movies have uh, kind of a wink to the camera, you know, underscoring where like RoboCop, the first one is very much kind of a um, satire of commercialism and corporate mm-hmm. like security. And Starship Troopers kind of has that you know, the, the little winking undertones about like being uber patriotic and Mm -hmm. things like that. But I'm like, man, like I get why you'd say that, but I feel like of anybody, even total recall has some of that where it's like, you know, colonial overstretched type of stuff. It's like, but if anybody could have succeeded doing this, it would be you. So I feel like you're, you maybe using it as an excuse to be like, that's what I intended to do. Cause he's done it so beautifully Mm -hmm. in three movies. You think, He'd be able to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like th- th- that's the thing, though. It's like I feel like that's why it's frustrating too, because there's nuggets of that there. Yeah, it's just they don't ever just kind of conjoin and like line up. You're together. right. The writing is probably the fault of that. Is that I can see that's what it meant to be, and that's why I was saying too. I I do see that that's what it is, but it's just it just doesn't deliver. <laughs> didn't no. quite get there. Close, but no cigar, as they say. And. Yeah, so any other things before we go into our remakes? Nope. Yeah. 
All right. Well, real quick, what for our Tomorrowland segment, when it comes to um, kind of, Craig, you haven't been here, basically came up with this when I was thinking about, you know, with the Breakfast Club and how the story after that has to be that all of those people went to their respective groups, mm-hmm. that they weren't all of a sudden chummy friends. Like it was more of like a, we had this special moment type sure. of thing. So, you know, for all the movies that we do, I want to be like, where, you know, where, where do we think these characters went? Did anyone have any ideas of where they thought they went? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> do we think that that was like, but I mean, what do you think the, what do you think happened with Molly? I think she pissed off the wrong person and ended up dead. Well, I kind of feel, yeah, I, we didn't really talk about it, but I kind of felt like Nomi left her after the retribution, kind of left her to her lonesome. Yeah, to, yeah she, she did. She didn't even open her eyes yet. She yeah. couldn't open her eyes. She left her there and that's it. And she left her uh, after uh, having done that to the guy yes, that had done this to her. Exactly. Obviously, he's going to do something again yeah. and yeah. ruin her. Why not? You know? She's. Yeah. Because yeah. he, I don't know why she didn't just kill him. I don't know. For me, I could not. I know I'm the one that said we should come up with something, but I could not think of anything because this movie doesn't really necessarily make any sense. So all I'm thinking is probably Nomi became the first female president. I don't know. I don't know what happens. None of this makes sense. None of it. Nobody follows anything logical. I just assumed she was going to continue being a drifter her whole life, where she'd go from city to city trying to climb her way to the top of something. And And then once she gets there, she leaves. And then when she gets it, she leaves. That's what I assumed is who she is. Do you have any ideas, Craig? I don't know. Maybe she starts a dance school for people with seizures. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Let's go into our remake here. You want to start, Amy? I will start. Yeah. Okay. So for Nomi, I have Amber Heard. Okay. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe she'll do a better job. And for Crystal, she doesn't really have a very big role. And I don't think it needed to be somebody with particularly good acting chops, but maybe somebody with dancing ability. So I put J-Lo and then, oh, okay. you know. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Okay, for Molly, I have Stacey Dash. Remember from Clueless? Yes. Yeah, she's so cute. So adorable. Um, and then for Zach, I cast Matthew Fox. Or, I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's what I have for my recast. Cool, Craig. Um, so I went off on a little different thing here because um, th- th- there's so much boobs in this. I could only think about like the other thing that has so much boobs, and that's Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I cast it as Game of Thrones characters. That's oh. amazing. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so for Naomi, I have uh, Marjorie Tyrell. Okay, awesome. Uh, wow. For... Crystal, obviously, Cersei Lannister. Excellent. Therefore, Zach has to be Jamie, Jamie Lannister. Lannister. <laughs> um, Ew. James, there are no black people in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize well, how few there, the, the, few there are. There are, but he's a thief. There's so gay. few of them. Oh, great. Yeah. That's great to perpetuate. Now, but yeah. not, not that, but I, I was doing colorblind casts anyway, yeah. but like it doesn't matter. Like there's, I just didn't realize there's nobody. But so for James, I went Rob Snow because uh, he didn't know fucking anything. Um, <laughs> for... <laughs> For wow. Al, the strip club, this is my favorite. For the strip club uh, manager, I put Tyrion. Because <laughs> oh, I just think it's too good. As you have the Barker, then you have, you know, the the small uh, manager. 
for Tony Moss, and he was like, the, I'm the prick producer. You yeah. Know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a prick. I put the little finger. Um, Excellent. For Molly, obviously, you have to go with Sanja. Uh, and then, oh, for uh, Marty, the red-haired choreographer, I picked Joffrey. I like <laughs> oh. it. I like that. That's nice amazing. That's different. cool. That was fun. That was very, very good. fun. What do you got, Renee? Well, obviously, we can't cast Amy Adams. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. We just always assume Amy Adams is unavailable scheduling conflicts just because we used to cast her all the time. She was able to save this role. Sadly. But I think Rachel McAdams would play it really well. Sure. She has that look, and I think she's such a fucking good actress that she could save anything. Mm -hmm. So her... For Zach, I want to see Michael Fassbender or Bradley Cooper, but I'm leaning more toward Fassbender because yeah. I feel like he's got that harder yeah. kind of I'm in control kind of yeah. thing. Um, for Molly, I cast Lupita, the Academy Award winning actress mm-hmm. from 12 Years a Slave. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, oh, I love yeah, her. Yeah, because she's such a sweet, you, you know. You just want to hug her. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for uh, Crystal, I I couldn't think of an actress that's at like that age range right now that I think could use this. So I have three choices and they're all younger versions of them now. So a young Sigourney Weaver, a young Jessica Lange, or a young Meryl Streep. Um, okay. Yes. For that crazy girl that threw the beads down, I think Taryn Manning would do a good job with that role. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, for Mama, I want to see Melissa McCarthy. The <laughs> yes. <laughs> the boob girl. But, yeah. The popping boob girl. I mean, <laughs> 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 boob girl was like everybody. Um, the For the rapist, he looked like Weird Al to me, so I want to see Weird Al play that role. Oh, my God. That's so dark. <laughs> wow. And for, um, for James, I had the same problem. I was colorblind casting. I was just trying to think of who could play kind of this, I'll show you how to dance, but I'm a sleazeball. And I know you guys are just making fun of him, but I think Channing Tatum might fit that role uh, for well, James. Well, he can dance. And, I mean, so. with Magic Mike, you know, the, the, the lap dance choreography would make sense. These yeah, movies, so. th- th- I was thinking That's about true. that. They're like how Magic Mike and this kind of like exist in a, a, a similar Marvel <laughs> yeah. universe. <laughs> That's it. That's what I had. When I was flipping the cast of this and kind of thinking of comparisons when it comes to like child actors trying to do adult roles and just mm-hmm. not working, mm-hmm. I still stuck with Saved by the Bell. So I'm like, this would kind of be like if Dustin Diamond starred in Boogie Nights. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. When it comes to just not having that. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So my, my remake, I was kind of going off of. You know what Paul claimed that he was trying to do with this with over the top satirical. So for the director of this that I would like to see is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> because like with Django and Chain, it was kind of like a spaghetti western yeah. type of thing. So I thought that'd be interesting. So with that, I have Nomi, I have Vanessa Hudgens. Mm-hmm. So she definitely, if you saw Spring Breakers, which we talked I about this last hated week, that movie it's so, much. so horrible, but I think she could handle it because I think she's a actually good actress. I was very surprised. Yeah, she's pretty good. Um, and and she's also like a child actor mm-hmm. now doing grown up stuff. Uh, for Zach, I have Chris Pine, mm-hmm. maybe because I just saw Jack Ryan. Um, <laughs> for Crystal Connors, I have Ava Green. I think that'd be interesting. She is from the Three Hundred sequel, uh, oh, Casino okay. Royale. Yeah. So I thought she'd be good. And based on the Three Hundred sequel, she's not shy about showing her boobs. So I'm like, hey, there you go. She'd probably accept this. For James Smith, I have Sean Patrick Thomas from Save the Last Dance because I'm like, he probably could have taught her some choreography that wasn't a lap dance. Um, For Al, I have Don Johnson. Oh, yeah. I think that would be very interesting, the strip club owner. For Tony Moss, I have Tim Gunn from Project Runway. Oh. (laughs) I could see him being very critical. 
Um, which, by the way, we didn't even talk about that. When he was criticizing people down the line, that was the weirdest way to single out people. Yeah. That was so strange. For dancers, <laughs> that it was, didn't make that sense. That was actually the only time that I, like like we were saying, sometimes you see those nuggets of satire. Mm. That was one of those moments yeah. that I yeah. was like, clearly this For is sure. making fun of this world. <laughs> For Molly, I have Kate Mara. I really like her from, um, she was in the first season of House of Cards, Shooter, stuff like that. Uh, for the, the singer, the weird singer, Andrew Carver, I have Russell Brand. I kind (laughs) of think that they kind of have that same style and hair and everything. And lastly, for Henrietta, sometimes my casting, I have like strings attached to him. For this one, my strings attached for Henrietta, I have John Travolta if he (laughs) reprises his look for hairspray. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's who I have. Awesome. So there we go. All right. Now, one quick question before we go into plugs. Do we really think, Renee and I, we kind of are on the same page. Do we really think this deserves to be considered one of the worst films ever made? No. Or is I've it just seen, really I've seen so many out? horror mm. films, so many like yeah. jump out of your seat horror films that were just so much worse than this. Not the worst. I mean, if I didn't have to watch it, I probably would have, you know, changed channel way long ago. Because sure. I recently saw... Or started to watch Hot Tub Time Machine 2. And I just like turned it off after like 10 minutes. I, I was, was like, this is so horrible. aggressively bad. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's certainly on the top five. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, like you were saying at the very top, like you definitely get a reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's not what they intend your reaction to be, though. So I kind of feel like it's really bad on that front. Mm-hmm. That like whatever they're doing, they're not getting what they thought they were going yeah. to get yes. out of yeah. it. So exactly. in, that, in that side, it's really bad. But as far as just like me watching it, it's not that terrible. Mm. I mean, I could be forced to watch boobs for other reasons but yeah i mean whatever it's 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 crap but it's crap yeah. that makes me yeah. laugh and yeah. we've seen yeah. worse it's definitely a crap definitely have seen sure. worse yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty horrible but, like i said i think but, the script is absolutely awful and the main actress was not ready for gross. anything remotely like this but yeah is she still ready is she doing anything she did she did great on titus and a lot of other stuff she's done All great right. lately because mm. she went away and took acting classes and stuff like that she's fine Good. now it's just back then not so much okay all right, let's do some plugs. Renee, what do we got going? Uh, my name is Renee R- Michelle Aranda. I am a producer for Plus Entertainment and Star Park Studios, and we are working on a television series right now. Uh, but in other news, I mentioned I got a job earlier. kind of came out of the blue. Yeah. A friend uh, texted me and said, hey, I have a friend who is looking for an assistant. Uh, can you see her tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I go in. And I end up uh, getting the job right there on the spot. It's actually a casting assistant at Jeff Reif's Films in Beverly Hills. Wow, nice. So now I I cast uh, union feature films. So now what I said before with send me your headshot and resume, uh, if you want an opportunity now, I can actually pay you guys if you're able to get an audition. So you can send your headshot and resume to select with a K, cast at gmail.com, and I will take them there. Um, right now we're casting a feature, which I guess by the time this comes out, I'm not sure if it might be too late, but, uh, we cast a lot of Latino actors still. So, mm. um, that's the look we're looking for. Um, and other than that, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my handle is Ren Makara, R-E-N-M-I-C-A-R-A. Otherwise I am on Facebook. So find me. Awesome. Craig. Uh, very cool. I will be, uh, sending my stuff in to people for nice. casting purpose. Uh, yeah, my name's Craig Cunningham. Uh, I reside here in the downtown Los Angeles area. 
Um, I will be performing at Second City on June 3rd, I think. It's something like that. Uh, It's on the website, the Second City website, uh, secondcityhollywood.com. And that's all I have going on uh, right now. But follow me at Craig Artist at Twitter. Awesome. Amy? I am Amy Cordova. I'm a freelance publicist and public relations specialist. Um, You can find me on Twitter at TheAmyJJAY. Or on Instagram and or on Instagram at at Amy J Cordova. Um, what I have going on right now, we have a few films coming out um, soon, and going to be doing some press tours for that. Also, in the next couple of weeks, we have the LA Film Festival coming out, be in downtown Los Angeles for film independent. So come on down; it's going to be great. Cool, cool. And I am Noah Kinsey. All the Aussie Cobb. Links and everything will be in the description. So you can just, instead of being repetitive and saying it on, awesome. on the recording, uh, just go to the description and we're all there. Yay. Thanks, guys. See you next week for Gone with the Wind. Bye. Bye. This has been an Aussie Cobb Media Production. Executive producers Noah Kinsey and Brian Nicholas. For more information, visit ozzycobb.com. Yeah.